How are you supposed to go out in your Easter bonnet with snow? Passover, Easter, nobody wants snow. I think I got to dress up. I would think so. As the bunny. Nice victory by the Wild last night. Yeah. And I'm sure it was discussed uh, by the fellows, Phil and Judd, that the Blackhawks had to pull an accountant out of the audience and <laughs> suit him up in the gold. I love that. Yeah. You know, I didn't know this. Every team has a backup. The emergency goal. That must attend every game, obviously. Every home game. Sure. Uh, well, does, we the emergency go, does the emergency goalie go on the road with you? Ooh. I saw this happen once when I was a kid. Didn't it happen here? I'm sure it's happened. But when I saw it, teams didn't have backups. You had to literally get somebody from the crowd. No. It was a Fighting Saints game when they were in the International Hockey League, so it would have been the early 60s. And I think the, who's the goalie? Glenn, Jacques Marcotte, maybe, went out, and they didn't have a goalie, and they got some guy from the stands <laughs> and buttoned him up, bundled him up with all the stuff on. and they Get on in there. Yeah, get in there, Tiger. What was he, about three beers in, too? He could have been. Nice. I don't know. <laughs> I would have had to have been to stand oh. there and face those shots. Were they, well, I'm not trying to make a joke here. Were they? Was this pre-mask era? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. Give me one more. Yeah. Uh, It's become really a big world story that Pope Francis is thought to have said there is no hell. We talked about this yesterday, Mm -hmm. remember? Two days ago. I think it was yesterday. Because Rook was here. Because remember he did the Pope uh, thing with W. Well, whenever we talked about it. Anyway, yeah. We covered her. And the Vatican now is is scrambling mm-hmm. to say he he really didn't mean that, and his uh, his interviewer is not a reliable uh, note taker. Sure. Uh, well, you know what happened today though. Uh-uh. Uh, the Vatican had to seal off part of St. Peter's Basilica because chunks of plaster started falling on the worshippers. No. Mm-hmm. On Good Friday. Wow. Plaster fell near Michelangelo's famed Pieta statue near the main entrance, hours after the Pope is alleged to have denied the existence of hell. So the building was shaken. Hello? What did you do? I didn't mean it. (laughs) Wow. The comments reported in the Italian publication La Repubblica sparked outrage with conservatives concerned the Pope has changed the biblical doctrine. A Vatican press officer said no words in quotation marks should be considered as a faithful transcription of the Holy Father's words. Hours later, worshipers were pummeled with falling plaster at the holy spot, but no injuries were reported. Reported. Vatican spokesman Greg Burke said repairmen were brought in to secure the site and the basilica remained open for business. I don't think it's open for business. It's open for worship. Uh, during Holy Week, of course, you get the flood of tourists. Sure. And uh, and there they are. Uh, more than 5 million tourists visit the Vatican Museums alone every year, with Christmas and Easter periods typically seeing a surge in visitors. Uh, that's all I have, but the building was falling apart. Do you think this was a uh, tactical decision made to maybe drum up some, some extra business? Well... No. I, you don't think so? I mean, do you want me to get serious for a Sure. Moment? Yeah, I do. Well, why did Jesus die on the... What was he trying to save us from if there's no hell? True. 
what I want to know is, if in fact the Pope believes this, and, and apparently the Vatican is saying, no, he does not. This was a mistake. He We're was, sticking to our he doctrine. He was misquoted. We're sticking to mm-hmm. our doctrine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, they, if, if, if in fact, though, let's say he does believe that, that's just an upending of 2,000 years worth of belief. Sure. Yeah, you're right. This is a major, uh, a major deal. Now, if in fact he did say that, they're, now they're denying it, so we're, we're going to go with the denial. I am anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, what if he comes out next week and says, you know, let me set the record straight here. I, I, I'm, I'm serious when I say there's no hell. Bad people just disappear. Well, he's infallible when it comes to that. So that means there's no hell. Mm. So, okay, from the uh, from the writer's perspective, mm-hmm. because I, I forget you you said the name of the person that did the story. Yeah, I don't have it in front of me. He was but, a, he's a, an atheist friend of the Pope. They have a they have a friendship. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he knows if he writes this, he's going to get some hits on the internet. Well, the guy's about one hundred and fifty. Oh, okay. could have been Sid. I don't know. Hello, you're a party. <laughs> You're going to be a hell of a... Is there a hell at this party? Hell? Okay, I told you the other day... Yep. ...that in times of uncertainty, the UFO sightings increase. That's my theory. Mm-hmm. I, you'd have to go back through history and, and then empirically try to demonstrate that when things are going along swimmingly, it's my theory, you'd find very few reports of UFOs. When things are, when when the waters are troubled, mm-hmm. you you have reports. That's when of, we got action. I meant to have you post this. I can do it still. It's it's on the New York Post. A passenger on a plane flying over the Aegean Sea captured footage of a bizarre object flying alongside the aircraft. It performed several maneuvers that seemed like they would be impossible for any known aircraft to pull off. Come on. And I watched it. This isn't blurry. This was astonishing. It looks to me like a dolphin. It's almost a dolphin or porpoise-shaped object. Give me the location again. Where did you well, say I, this I got happened? it at the New York Post. No, 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 no. Uh, the location of the, uh, the sighting. It, over the Aegean Sea. A-E-G-E-A-N. The Aegean Sea. And it leaves no... It did not seem plausible to me that it was a, a trick of photography. What is that? <laughs> Isn't that astonishing? You got to post that for GL. All right, I'm going to put this on the GL page, 1500ESPN.com. Doesn't right it now. look almost porpoise shaped or, or dolphin shaped? I was going to say it looks like the neck of a of a brontosaurus. But but look what it does. It can be vertical if it wants to, oh. and then it takes off horizontally if it wants to. Don't tell me that's a weather balloon. Don't tell me that's a cloud. We got stuff out there. There's something going on. All right, I'm going to post. It's posting right now. That'll get some hits because, and I'm not doing this to get hits. No. I, I want people to see this because it's 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 often it's often suspect radio to bring. You know, we're not Art Bell. Hey, listen in. We're not Art Bell. <laughs> but when I see one that so clearly defies explanation and films that clearly. I think it merits sharing with people. So this video is taken from an airplane. Yeah, it's right? a, and you can hear the passengers. Can you imagine 
being on that flight. I might be nervous. Yeah, I'd, uh, I wouldn't uh, handle that You can well. hear the passengers saying, what is that? What, what in what the world? What is these animals? What is these space objects? Are these mongooses? <laughs> this mongooses. It is really something, wow. don't you think? It is bizarre. Isn't it true uh, that it can be vertical if it wants to? Yes. And, and then, then it, all of a sudden it levels off? It just darts, too. Oh, my God. What is the... What is these objects? I don't know, but I wouldn't. I would not handle that well if I was on that flight. Well, there didn't seem to be any uh, inclination on the part of whoever was operating it to to cause problems. But it's still it's Coming visible. In for a look. It's visible from the plane. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it is or isn't doing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what its intentions are. I, I understand. I, I get it. I okay. Get it. It's, it's. You think it was a missile? No. From, from the little guy. No, no, no. Look at I know. As it it's... flies along, it it can stop if it wants to, and then just make itself vertical, and then it levels off again and shoom, takes off as fast as it wants. All right, you be the judge, 1500ESPN.com. I don't like it. It's that, that That's spooky. Oh, it fascinates me. Man. It, there, we, we is not alone. No, we got stuff out there. What is these efforts? Mm-hmm. It's a contrail. Seen it a thousand times. Someone wrote, "The hell it is." It's not a con. I've seen contrails. I need to ask a dumb question. What's a contrail? Just the the, the exhaust from a plane. Oh 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 oh. Uh, not the exhaust, but what the the the, 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 the turbulence that the plane yes. creates in the air. What? Uh, okay, uh, Mister. Uh, who wrote that? Uh, Rick. What the hell's the vertical part? Because it moves, it does. It's not a stationary trail. It moves. I'm I'm seeing that out the. I just looked at it again. If I'm seeing that out the window, I'm breaking the glass and smoking the lucky. I think I'm with you. Yeah, I'm Uh, I'm going for it. I'm somewhat of a not nervous but anxious flyer to begin with. I'm not. Once I get in the air, I'm fine. I I just don't like the pro. I love to travel. I don't like the process. I just don't like the rigmarole before and after. The actual uh, process of flight, I enjoy immensely. It's the uh, BS you got to go through, and the crowds, and the security, and the hassle, and the bing bang boom. And no, yada, ma'am, yada. you can't bring your sledgehammer you can't on the flight. Bring with your you. goat with you. Get the goat out of here. What did we have? We had well, we've had no, chickens and goats. But and, the uh, the lady that wanted to bring the no, she uh, brought a barbecue grill. That's right. Brought a gold. I almost swore there. She brought a uh, she brought a grill with her. What's they that? don't have those in Kansas City right. or wherever you're going. And it was during the holidays. Yeah. Oh, I was going to make the turkey. Yeah, she packed up a grill. <laughs> God Almighty, Jesus, oh Jesus, on this Good Friday. <laughs> you know what the the Irish have done? Oh no, they've lifted the ban on Good Friday alcohol. Really? Oh Jesus, really? yeah. Good Friday, uh, uh, for almost a century, selling alcohol had been banned on Good Friday, a legacy of Ireland's Christianity. Mm-hmm. In January 2018, the Irish the Irish Parliament passed new legislation. Uh, pubs in the Republic will welcome Easter revelers from 10.30 until closing time. Off licenses may see some changes, too. A Good Friday is traditionally a popular time for house parties in the Republic as friends and loved ones gather at home instead of the local boozer. But with the pub door suddenly open, some may decide they'd rather skip the washing up. I don't know what that means. 
It's good news for tourists seeking a, a weed dram. On Good Friday's past, foreigners unaware of the drinks ban could be found wandering the streets of <laughs> in a futile search for a pint. Are we that bad? The most dedicated were even spotted boarding trains or ferries to exploit an infamous loophole. The onboard, the train, and ferry bars. <laughs> I gots to have I gots me. to get to the ferry. <laughs> were these the same guys we had in that video a week ago that were sliding down the hill oh, after St. Been. Patrick's Day? Uh, Easter is a busy tourist period, and the extra day's trade is set to boost the Irish economy. According to publicans group the Vinters Federation of Ireland, whose interest is clear, it could generate as much as $49 million in sales. Uh, plus seven million for the exchequer through VAT and excise duty. The Good Friday ban is from a different era. The group's uh, chief executive, Padraig Cribben, said, "Like all other businesses who were never subject to a ban, publicans now have a choice to open." The Roman Catholic Church held considerable influence in the Republic historically, and some would still prefer an alcohol-free Friday on religious ground. Uh, <laughs> Independent a member of Parliament, Maureen O'Sullivan, spoke frankly, saying, Are we saying that only tourists we want are those who can't last 24 hours without buying a drink in a public house? I actually think we could do with a few Good Fridays throughout the year, she said. Perhaps mindful that not everyone approves of them opening some hostil- hostilities have decided to give their Good Friday takings to charity. And in rural Newmarket, a little town in Cork, the six local publicans put their heads together and agreed to keep their doors shut. So there's nothing to stop a pub from, from sure. closing. Mm-hmm. John Scanlon of Scanlon's Bar explained, we have only two days off each year, Christmas Day and Good Friday, and we want to hold on to that. It's a day that publicans want to spend with their families. Uh, just a minute. I'm being told of a traffic emergency. Oh, no. I'm not you, seeing anything. I got the traffic cam on in here. I thought you said 22 in my ear. Oh, no. Line two. Oh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Who is that? <clears throat> You're, uh... Yes, sir. Yes, uh, Mr. Mayor. Yes, sir. As, as the official uh, supplier of the Break Glass Smoke Lucky's uh, containers... Yes. Uh, uh, last year at the State Fair, I gave you what I then said was my last... Um, um, offering right, I still have it. It's in a place yeah. of honor. Now you've given me an idea. I think I may go have to go back into the workshop mm-hmm. to create the break glass smoke luckies travel edition. <laughs> Especially if I'm going to be flying over the Aegean Sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it, but you just got to make sure the plane stops. Right. You know. So, so the air won't, you know, move throughout the cabin. Well, check this out. You mean to tell me? Explain <laughs> pause. If this, that's what happens in this video, Ingy. You got to look at this. I will. You got to say, check it out. Hmm. You mean to tell me that whatever that is just paused? Because <laughs> that's what it does. It pauses. Maybe we should. Maybe we should name this apparition uh, GL One. That would be apparition, <laughs> sir. Uh, well, you know. Thanks, Barabbas. We'll see you. Seven ya. years of college down the drain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's this one? That'd be uh, John on line one. Hi, John. Hail the flashlight king. Hail you. Hey, 
two years ago I called you. I was driving in Scott County and just noticed this bright light. It was just this round thing in the sky, and I thought, that's odd. And then, Joe, it shot up out of sight so fast. Mm -hmm. It was unbelievable. So I called in, and you asked if any of the listeners had seen something like that, and I guess they didn't, but it was something to behold. I wish I had a dash cam on. Did you go to our website yet and look at this video? No. You have to see it. it. You'll be amazed. I don't find it to be a contrail. That's what I'm being told by various emailers. I don't find it to be that. Right on. All right, thank you. Of course, I'm no expert. I miss most things in the sky. That is true. You know, back to Ingie's uh, proposal of making the travel edition break glass smoke luckies, I got news for you. Anything he puts together ain't getting through airport security. Probably not. Uh, I'm terribly amused that... uh, Tourists in Ireland on Good Friday. Yeah. So shocked. I got to have me a beer. All I got is these beers. They get on a train or a ferry. That is dedication. Well, uh, the parliament has remedied the problem, and now you can uh, find a pub that's probably open. Uh, Say, is John Height ready? Yes, sir. With all the news? Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. It's cloudy and 40 degrees. This update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, Woodbury, and downtown Duluth. Uh, the Twins, they have an off day. They lost the opener, of course, in Baltimore yesterday. They'll play the Orioles again tomorrow, 6.05 game time in Baltimore. They'll come back home for the home opener next Thursday against Seattle. Uh, the forecast, maybe some scattered rain or snow showers with a high of 37 when the Twins open next Thursday. You know, John, we have to rewrite that joke, by the way. Yeah. About selling the beer with the open, losing yeah, the opener. Losing the opener. You, yeah. you could still sell the beer. We, we should just say they they, they can't uh, they can't serve, you know, because you could still sell it. You uh, just wouldn't be able to me. open it. Excuse me. Yeah, it's it's it should be put to rest. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, every year you got to use that one. Mm-hmm. Okay. Matt Dumba, but a goodie, yeah. kind of like the Irish pimp. <laughs> Matt Dumba scored on a power play, had two assists in Minnesota's three goal second period, and the Wild moved a step closer. Spot in the playoffs with a 5-2 to two win over Dallas last night. I thought they looked terribly competent. He has to drive Bruce Boudreaux insane, though. Dumba, I'm talking about. He can. Yeah. The kid has got an amazing shot. I say he's a Hall of Famer if he keeps his act together. I really like that kid. But he will also make some of the oh, dumbest he'll, mistakes. He'll lose a puck in his own end. You know. <laughs> what are you going to do? Take the good with the bad. Yeah, what are you going to do? Biggest crowd of the season last night at Excel. 19,350 people. Wow. Wild play Dallas again tomorrow night. This time on the road, though, in Texas. Uh, Timberwolves, they're already in Texas. They play the Mavericks tonight. News notes from today, an inmate at the Stillwater State Prison has been convicted of threatening law enforcement officers and witness tampering. Mm. District Court jury in Fergus Falls found 26-year-old Ramsey Kettle guilty of threatening two Fergus Falls police officers and an Ottertail County deputy, along with a witness in another case. Prosecutors say Kettle wrote letters saying that after he was released from prison, he would strap explosives to his body, set them off inside the police station. Kettle has five previous felony convictions on various charges. Sentencing is scheduled for May 31st. It's an odd assumption to make that you're going to get out of prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think he uh, was teased a bit, the mom-pa Kettle bit? I think so. He was a kid. That probably drove him crazy. Yeah, that's why he's that's in why prison. That's why he's in prison, yeah. yeah.
St. Paul police said an adult male appears to have suffered a gunshot wound after an incident on the 100 block of Arlington Avenue West. Sergeant Mike Ernster, the department's public information officer, said police were called to the location on a report of a shooting at about 8.30 this morning. They didn't find the man or a suspect there, but evidence of a shooting was located. Meanwhile, an adult male arrived on his own at a local hospital with a gunshot injury. Ernster said preliminary investigation indicates the injuries were suffered in that incident. They are considered non-life-threatening. Police say they're not sure what happened. They do say everything still remains under investigation. As of now, there have been no arrests. White House officials reportedly confused by some comments from the president last night. The president said last night the U.S. would, quote, be coming out of Syria like very soon. Just hours after the Pentagon highlighted the need for U.S. troops to remain in Syria for the immediate future. The president told the crowd in Ohio, we're knocking the hell out of ISIS. We'll be coming out of Syria like very soon. Let the other people take care of it now. One U.S. defense official directly familiar with the ISIS campaign said it's unclear what the president meant by the comments. The military's current assessment is that now is not the time to consider withdrawal, citing numerous challenges in Syria. At least eight companies have decided to stop advertising on Fox News show The Ingraham Angle after host Laura Ingraham mocked Parkland school shooting survivor David Hogg for not getting into his top choices for college. Earlier this week, Ingraham taunted Hogg, who's a high school senior, one of the leading activists in the Never Again movement for gun control legislation, after he was rejected by four colleges. Hogg responded by calling for an advertising boycott of Ingraham. And companies like TripAdvisor, Hulu, Nestle, Wayfair, and four others soon announced they were dropping advertising from Ingraham's show after the call to action from Hogg. On Thursday afternoon, about 24 hours after mocking him on social media, Ingraham apologized. Uh, her tweet, though, may not be effective. Hogg himself, according to the New York Times, said she only apologized after we went after advertisers. It kind of speaks for itself. She, uh, so if the left doesn't like what you say, they're not going to resort to boycotting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The widow of the gun. Well, but you are you defending what she did? I don't. What, what, so uh, uh, I don't. I don't know the context. I haven't followed the story. I so kind I, of have, and I, I. I found her. Well, actions kind of isn't it, well good enough. I have to have thoroughly followed, and I have not. John, do you agree with what she uh, did? Because I, I, I thoroughly don't. I don't know if I should get involved oh, in this. Discussion. You need to remain impartial. <laughs> The widow of the gunman who killed 49 people at a gay Orlando nightclub was acquitted this morning on those charges of lying to the FBI and helping her husband in the 2016 attack. 31-year-old Norse Salman began sobbing with joy when she was found not guilty of charges of obstructing and providing material supported to a terrorist organization. She was married to Omar Mateen when he attacked the Pulse nightclub. Prosecutors said Salman and her husband scouted out potential targets together including Disney World Shopping and Entertainment Complex, and that she knew he was buying ammunition for his AR-15 in preparation for a jihadi attack. Defense attorneys, though, described Salman as an easily manipulated woman with a low IQ. They said Salman, who was born in California to Palestinian parents, was abused by her husband, who they say cheated on her with other women and concealed much of his life from her. A 48-foot section of an old sailing ship is washed ashore on a Florida beach. Thrilling researchers... Boy, is that nifty. Isn't it? Boy, boy. Yeah. Researchers are rushing to study it before it's reclaimed by the sea. The Florida Times... No, it's just a con trail. What was it? (laughs) You can clearly see the hull construction. Mm. Yep. Florida Times Union reports the well-preserved section of a wooden ship hull washed ashore overnight Tuesday on Florida's northeastern coast. Uh, Julie Turner and her eight-year-old son found the wreckage on Ponta Vedra Beach on Wednesday morning. At first, Turner thought it was a piece of a pier or fence, but then she realized it was a centuries-old ship 
that had washed ashore. Researchers with the St. Augustine Lighthouse and Maritime Museum have been documenting the artifact. They say it might date all the way back to the 1700s. Mm-hmm. That's An- where they play the Players' Championship in that neck of really? the woods. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mark Anthony owns Spanish Main Antiques. I told a local TV station it's extremely rare for wreckage like that to wash ashore. Museum historian Brendan Burke told the newspaper that evidence suggests the vessel was once sheeted in copper and that crews found Roman numerals carved on its wooden ribs. Researchers rushed to photograph and measure the wreckage. The photos will be used to create a 3D model. The local TV station reports it's up to the state to decide what to do with the wreckage. I think it should be preserved. Yeah. Uh, it is, of course, Good Friday, and seven Filipino Roman Catholic devotees, including a woman, were nailed to wooden crosses. Man, they take that seriously. A Good Friday reenactment of Christ's suffering that was watched by thousands of spectators, but is being frowned upon by Catholic Church leaders. The three devotees wearing crowns of twigs were nailed to crosses by villagers dressed as Roman centurions on a dusty hill in San Pedro Village, and four others were nailed to crosses in nearby farming villages in San Fernando City, north of Manila. The spectacle reflects a unique brand of Catholicism that merges church traditions with folk superstitions. Many of the mostly impoverished penitents undergo the ritual to atone for sins, pray for the sick, or for a better life. The Lenten rituals are frowned upon by church leaders in the Philippines, Asia's largest Roman Catholic nation, especially if the events are used to boost tourism and business. Reenactments, however, have persisted and become a tourist attraction in largely unknown towns of Pampanga province, about 50 miles north. You know, the the, uh, the Vulcans and the royal family uh, get into their characters pretty well during the Winter Carnival. Hmm. This is a whole new level. Yeah, it's it? kind of yeah. taken it up a notch. The Vulcans have never crucified anybody. You know. Yet. Uh, <laughs> yet. They're not going to. How'd you like to be one of the guys playing the Centurions? You have to drive that nail into somebody's I don't want to do that. I, I don't either, yeah. yeah. I, I assume uh, that the only reason these uh, penitents don't die is because they're not left up there until they die. Right. Yeah. Yes. See how uh, I put that together? Yeah. All by uh-huh. myself? yeah. <laughs> You're right, John. I mean, do you apologize? Hey, I'm sorry. This is really yeah, going to hurt. It's part of the deal, though. It's part of the show. Come on. But you said no. A Rhode, Rhode Island nudist campground is looking for a lifeguard. What if, what if they put you up there on the cross? Yeah. And they, they just said, all the hell with it, it's break time. Hey, we got to go get <laughs> some lunch. And then they forget about you. Ooh, you know. The Providence Journal reports Dyer Woods nudist campgrounds help wanted notice for a lifeguard this summer. Says qualified candidates must have excellent communication skills and the ability to work as part of a team. And, of course, you don't need a uniform. Campground President Jim Johnson said the lifeguard can wear a swimsuit I'd if want they want to. want a long to. whistle. Yeah. But it's not necessary. <laughs> The campground offers swimming, hiking, volleyball, and a sauna for people who aren't afraid to bear it all. Naked volleyball. Johnson said there's really no difference between the Dyerwoods camp in Foster and a regular campground. What, do they got a pool there or a pond? Or <laughs> what do they got? Are they on the ocean? They're on a lake, I believe. Uh-huh. Where yeah. state, John? Rhode Island. I see. Huh. Near Providence. Yeah. Johnson says once people try to go on natural and nature, they... Fall in love with They don't it. give it up, do they? They don't. Don't go back, do they? No. Uh, is Dave Dahl ready? I think so. Uh, could you take us to break? Because I can't. Here, I got it. You I got, got it? it? I got oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Hi, Dave. It's up to 40 degrees, and we still have some snow showers going on out there. 
That's because it's cold enough aloft to produce the snowflakes, but then once they come down to the surface, they're melting, so they're splatting on your windshield. Um, not going to be too much of any problems. Uh, roadways may get a little damp, but that's about it. That's going to end here in the next hour and a half to two hours. And then after that, tonight, some more rain-snow mix develops, probably after 9 to 10 p.m. tonight and lasts all the way through Saturday morning as mainly snow by Saturday. Uh, temperatures are going to be only in the upper 20s to lower 30s overnight tonight. And same story tomorrow. That's going to be the high for the day, probably about 33 and then on tomorrow night, mostly clear skies all the way down to 12 above. For Easter Sunday, partly cloudy, so some sunshine, dry but cool. 36 for the high, up to 40 on Monday. Monday and Tuesday, we have a chance of more light rain, sleet, and snow. It uh, doesn't look like a huge deal at this point, but these things can change. Uh, so stay tuned to the latest forecast. I think um, we do have a possibility of some measurable snow Monday night into Tuesday of next week. Stays chilly all next week. Highs in the 30s, so it's going to be cool again next week as well. Today, Joe, going for a high of around 41. Currently, we're at 40. All right. Reverse, satisfy my curiosity on something. Okay. I'm right here. Name the player or players who... This would be name the player. Mm-hmm. Who is the fourth? The others are Babe Ruth, Hank Aaron, and Willie Mays. With a career 300 average, 500 home runs, and 100 stolen bases. I got money on you. Name the player who is the fourth to have achieved a 300 career 300 average, mm-hmm. 500 home runs, and 100 stolen bases. I'm trying to think if Barry Bonds had a high enough career it's batting average, Bonds. but I don't think he did. So I'm going to go with Albert Pujols. You is are it, right. Is it Pujols? It's Pujols. Okay. Who played in the most wins? Who played in the most Who wins? Who played in the most victories? Long career. Winning team. Got to be a Yankee, I would assume. Wins had to be probably the uh, guy that played in the 162 game era with more games. I have an idea. I'm gonna go. No, no, I don't don't need any help. I have an idea. Okay, it'll be a good contest next week. Uh, I'm gonna give you. You are you are going to challenge Patrick. Oh. Next week. Okay. The answer to that one, by the way, is Pete Rose. Pete Rose. Wow, mm-hmm. I, I would not have guessed that. I'm going to, ch- uh, uh, leading up to the opening day. Uh, home opener. There's a great, leading up to home opener, there's a great contest I've been made aware of. And I don't want to mention it because I don't want any cheating. Okay. I so, like this. So I'll challenge, uh, we'll have something on the line too. I'll come up with something, but it'll be you and Patrick. I like it. Okay. Uh, all right. Pete Rose, I never would have guessed that. If he we, was on some good clubs, and he played forever. He means on some good clubs, mostly Cincinnati. Well, but he played on Philadelphia, and with the Expos, he was on it. Wasn't he on the the uh, the team that almost went to the World Series? Pete with, Rose with Montreal. No, all right. I do not believe Pete Rose ever played for Montreal. Well, I know he did. He did. Mm-hmm. Well, post Cincinnati, I think it was. Let me check. That doesn't seem. That sure is not ringing a bell. It was. He returned to. Uh, he played in Montreal in 1984. Okay. And then he went back to Cincinnati for three years. 
Uh, if we had audio of this judge, Superior uh, California Superior Court Judge Elihu Burl, uh, Elihu would be getting a groin kick. But we looked. We don't have audio. And so we're going to limit groin kicks to only when we have audio. And we don't have audio of this judge. Mm-hmm. A Los Angeles judge has ruled that California law requires coffee companies to carry an op- an ominous cancer warning label because of a chemical produced in the roasting process. Superior Court Judge Elihu Burrell wrote in a proposed ruling Wednesday that Starbucks and other coffee companies failed to show that the threat from a chemical compound produced in the roasting process was insignificant. A nonprofit group had sued coffee roasters, distributors, and retailers under a state law that requires warnings on a wide range of chemicals that can cause cancer. One of those chemicals is acrylamide, a carcinogen present in coffee. B as in B, S as in S. If you're going to start going down this road, of course, California is virtually its own country. They don't live by the rules the rest of us seem to live by. They're going to, then you have to put the cancer warning on car tires. Because surely there's chemicals in the formation of a car tire that causes cancer. You know what this is? A groin kick, if we had audio from Elihu. This is 3M in California. We're going after the big boy to get some money. While plaintiff offered evidence that consumption of coffee increases the risk of harm to the fetus, to infants, to children, and to adults, defendants, medical, and epidemiology experts testified that they had no opinion on causation, Burrell wrote. Defendants failed to satisfy their burden of proving by preponderance of evidence that consumption of coffee could confers a benefit to human health. The coffee industry had claimed the chemical was present at harmless levels, which I'm choosing to believe. And should be exempt from the law because it results naturally from the cooking process necessary to make the beans flavorful. Plus, plus, if you're a coffee drinker and that warning is now on the Starbucks cup, are you going to quit drinking coffee? No. There will be some. Some euphorians will shriek in danger and need their safe space. But give me a break. If you're going to go down this road, you got to label everything. Mm-hmm. Where, do, where are you going to Everything. Stop? Exactly. Uh, the case had been developing for eight years and is still not over. A third phase of trial will later determine any civil penalties that coffee companies must pay, with potential penalties up to 2500 bucks per person exposed each day over eight years. That figure could be astronomical in a state with 40 million residents. That massive figure I, uh, is unlikely. I would hope so. In the first phase of the trial, Burrell said the defense failed to present enough credible evidence to show there was no significant risk posed by acrylamide in coffee. Having failed to show there was no significant risk to drinking coffee, the industry had to show during the trial's second phase that there should be a less strict level for coffee because of health benefits from drinking it. Burrell said the coffee companies failed to show that. Then you got to put the you got to put this cancer warning on a tire. You got to go to Tires Plus and say, you know, unless you put these cancer warnings on the tire, we're going to come after you for money too. Mm-hmm. This is B as in B, S as in S. I, it's not going to. I have two cups a day, so if I die from that, that's life, so to speak. What a bunch of B as in B, S as in S. It should never even be a matter of the courts. You you think that. How many cooking processes of something 
must result in trace amounts of chemicals that could be seen to be problematic. What You'd have to drink a lot of coffee. Eric, quickly, please. You know what that cancer warning is going to do on the coffee cups? What? It's going to make people go, man, I could go for a cigarette. <laughs> oh, God He's almighty. Craig, go ahead quickly, please. Yeah, Joe, you remember the cyclamate scare from back in the 60s? Yes. Uh, after they banned all the uh, sodium saccharin from Diet Pop, it was revealed that the cancer caused in mice, the equivalent dosage, you'd have to drink 20 bottles of pop a day for your whole life to even be in the risk pool. Right. I, I thank you. Coffee has been a medical football since uh, my entire lifetime. One week it's good for you, the next week it's bad for you. You know what? If you like coffee, don't worry about it. We're going to play Where Do Our Sensibilities Live when we come back. Oh, boy. I love that game.